Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. Remember when things were simple in the world? Like when we used flip phones. These things were the best, right? They were cheap, durable. You can throw them against the wall and you're still good to go. No need for a case or a screen protector. I mean, we really only used it for one thing, right? To make phone calls. I mean, you could try to use the internet, but it costs you $239 a minute. And then they added texting. Oh, that was so cool, texting your friends. But you only had like 200 of them a month to send and receive. Now everything's unlimited, right? Switch to our unlimited plan. That's what they say. I mean, my, my new phone has three camera lenses. Why three? Because why not? <laughs> There's something we fantasize about in the old days when things were simple, but we also enjoy the convenience. Flip phones, yeah, they were really cool, but these new phones can do anything. Personally, I think there are way too many choices of devices and things you can do with these things. I mean, I read recently that there's an app you can install on your phone that connects to an egg carton and tells you when you're running low on eggs. That's crazy. Some of you thought, oh, I want one of those. Listen, okay, you're part of the problem, okay? There are lots of devices and tools in the world that have multiple uses. Here's another example, the hammer. All right, we all know this. You can drive nails and flip it around and pull nails out. It all depends on how you want to use it. One tool and multiple uses. So there's another tool that we all have and know about that has two purposes, and that's our words. And that's what I want to talk about today. A couple weeks ago, we started a sermon series on wisdom literature in the Bible, and we're going through Proverbs and Psalms and Ecclesiastes, and they're great books to help guide us in life. And even if you don't believe in the Bible or the existence of God, you can still read these books and think, hey, this is some helpful advice. This is good stuff here. But when you read these books, you will hear something repeated over and over and over again, and that's that words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And like the hammer, words have been around for a very long time. And like the hammer has two purposes, words also have two functions, and here they are. How we use our words can build or break relationships. How we use our words can build or break relationships. So I invite you to open to Proverbs 15 with me. Turn on your device. Can't do that on a flip phone. Turn on your device, Proverbs 15, and we're going to answer the question, how do we use words to build relationships and get along? How do we get along? So first, let's include God in our time together and talk to him through prayer. Lord, you know every word we will speak. 
You know them before they exit our mouths and before we type them on our phones. We pray that your word and your spirit would change us in such a way that we would use our words to build relationships and not break them. Help us understand the message you have for us as individuals and as a church. We trust that you will continue the work you started in us by the preaching and hearing of your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. So how do we get along? I'm gonna read verses one through four straight through and then I'll go back and take it a verse at a time. Sound good? And as I read, see if you can pick up the double function that words have, okay? They have two functions. So let's read Proverbs 15, one through four. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spear. Did you pick up on the double function of words there? You can use our words. We can use our words for building up relationships or breaking them down. So let's check out the first way back to verse 1. All right, let's read it carefully. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So how do we get along? When, well, when someone tells us, tells us something, this is what we do. Reply with gentleness, not harshness. Reply with gentleness, not harshness. Tim's translation, don't be a jerk, okay? Verse one is all about how we reply to someone. So when someone tells you something, whether they're uh, saying something mean or unkind or dry or sarcastic or kind, we can respond to them in gentleness or harshness. And that will determine how the rest of the conversation goes and also how it impacts our relationships. So let's look at these two ways, okay, for replying. The first one we saw is a gentle answer, right? The word gentle in the Hebrew gives us a sense of being gentle with little children. So, for example, if you're walking down the halls of Faith Church and you have your, your coffee in your hand and a three-year-old cuts you off and you spill coffee, your response is probably going to be, oh, hot coffee, but oh, look at that kid. He's so cute. <laughs> now, if you're driving on 22 and someone cuts you off, making you spill your hard-earned Starbucks, your response will be another story, okay? Whole other story. And this is tough. It's difficult to do. Because we tend to want to match the other person's tone, right? We want to match what we hear. So, hey, if you're sarcastic, I'll be sarcastic. If you raise your voice, I'll raise my voice. But verse 1 is saying, don't match their tone. Simply answer gently as you would a child. But this is difficult to do, right? Why is it so hard? I think it's because the second option is so much easier the second option is to give a harsh word. Think about that. Just one word. A gentle answer requires thought and self-control and multiple words. It's difficult to turn away wrath. It's much easier to be a jerk. I mean, it's so much easier to stir things up. It's much, much more difficult to be mindful of other people. One harsh word can turn up the fire in a conversation, especially when you know that person well, right? Your best friend, your sibling, your spouse. 
and you know exactly what to say and when to say it to ruin their day. And often we'll, we'll tuck this in, we'll tuck this word in until we, we can use it later. Like, oh yeah, he forgot my birthday last year and never apologized for it. Listen, I forgave him, but the next time he guilt trips me, I'm going to use this to show him that he's not perfect. But when we give in and we reply with a harsh word to get back at someone, it says more about us than it does them. When we try to just win an argument or be the last one standing, really what it's doing is giving us a view of what's really in our heart. And Jesus teaches this in Luke 6, 45. He says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This verse hits home for me big time. Because I grew up in a Brazilian home. And if you know anything about Brazilians, you'll know one thing. Many of us are just loud. Okay, when we talk, we talk with paixão, okay? That's who we are. And Melinda, my wife, when, when we were dating, she would visit our family, and she knows nothing of Portuguese, right? She would visit us, and we'll be in mid-conversation, mid-discussion, and we're talking loudly, and we're getting in each other's faces and, and yelling over each other, interrupting, and she's panicking. She takes me aside like, Tim, are you guys fighting? What's going on? Are you okay? Tim, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. Don't worry. We're just discussing the best place to buy rice, beans, and chicken. We're okay. <laughs> it's fine. No one's getting hurt. Today, I find myself loudly speaking to Melinda. But the danger comes in when I'm actually being harsh and I'm not just being loud. The danger comes when I'm not actually being passionate. I'm actually being harsh because there's something happening in here in my heart. I could just want control or I want my way or I'm being prideful and I need to work on responding with a gentle answer despite of how she is talking to me. Did you ever try to argue in a whisper? It doesn't work. No matter how much you try to get your point across, it doesn't work. The argument goes nowhere. So think about the words you say and the tone you use. Are you someone who speaks and answers gently or do you tend to be a little harsh? How we use our words can build or break relationship. Let's read verse two. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. So here's how we get along. Use words that will make you look wise, not foolish. Tim's translation, think before you speak. And why should we think before we speak? Because according to this verse, if we don't, we will gush out folly, or in other words, we will make a stupid mistake. The word to gush out means to belch out wicked words, okay? No one likes to be on the other side of a burp, okay? And this same word, to gush out, is used in the same chapter in verse 28, it says, the heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The word for gush out in Hebrew is yabi. Yabi, what does that sound like? It sounds like gabby, right? 
When someone is gabby, this is when someone has no filter and the words just keep pouring out. It's when we want to impress people and we want to seek attention and we think we know it all, so we keep going and going. But guess what happens when we keep talking? Eventually, foolishness comes out. Maybe for some of us, we just need to stop talking so much, especially when it's about yourself. Listen, I'm a talker. Obviously, okay? So I need to work on this. And I discovered something that helps me, and I want to pass it on to you. When you're in conversation with someone, ask people about themselves. And when you discover something that they're interested in, hone in on that and ask them questions about whatever that is. Because now you're using your words to build up the relationship. I coach our small group leaders to not be that person who keeps going and going and going. And if there's someone in their group that keeps going and going, I coach them to kindly cut it short and allow other people to speak. Because what happens when you keep going and going? Two things can happen. One, people will eventually stop listening. And two, other people won't have the opportunity to open and share. Instead, think before you speak. Or for some of you, think before you text. Some of you will text like you're a fool, okay? My encouragement is sit on it for an hour, okay? Sit on it for an hour before you send that angry text, before you make that angry post about something. Like what I'll do is I'll send an angry text and I'll show Melinda and she will proofread it and change it up because I, I want to be wise with my words, Maybe being wise is also thinking about timing. I love the humor in Proverbs 27, 14. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Okay, so no matter how beautifully someone can sing or no matter how amazing the lyrics of that song are, if that person wakes you up before your alarm clock goes off, it's not going to feel like God is blessing you. It's going to feel like a curse, not just for that moment, but for the rest of your day. And James, the brother of Jesus, he says it well in James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Did you ever have a conversation with someone that while they were sharing their opinion with you and opening up to you. You were nodding your head as if you were paying attention, but really you were thinking of a counter-argument. I would do this all the time. People would tell me their opinion, and I'm thinking of a great combat, and I would get great arguments that would defeat and crush their view, but at the end of that conversation, I shared my opinion, and I accomplished nothing else. I've learned that being quick to listen and slow to speak is much more challenging because if you listen to them and actually try to understand their opinion, understand who they are, you may not have a quick response. You may not have enough time to come up with a, a good, remarkable, witty comeback. But at the end of the conversation, you understand them a little bit more. You understand their opinion. Which way do you think will help you get along with that person? How we use our words can build or break relationships. It all depends on how we want to use them. Let's get verse 3 for now, and then we'll 
We'll go back to that, but let's read verse 4. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. So how do we get along? Speak words of life, not destruction. Speak words of life, not destruction. Let's talk about that second half of that verse. What does crushing the spirit mean? The word crushing gives us the sense that perverse words that are used continue to destroy the integrity of something. And I'll give you an example. I absolutely love roller coasters. I don't know if you're with me, but I love roller coasters. I mean, put me down on any roller coaster, hang me upside down, turn me around as fast as you can go. I love it. Because I know, I know that a lot of thought and planning went into building this machine. And so I trust its safety. But let's just say you're in line for a ride and you start looking up at the roller coaster you're about to get in. And you notice some missing screws and bolts on the track. Are you getting on that ride? I wouldn't. Because, yeah, maybe one or two screws, they're not going to really make a difference. But if you continue to pull these screws out, eventually the roller coaster will fail. And in the same way, maybe one or two words won't crush someone, but when you have a pattern of using words that the Bible says are perverse, your relationship will lose its integrity. Over time, your relationship will lose its trust when you use words this way. And like that roller coaster, if you remove enough screws, someone will eventually get crushed. Have you been the recipient of words that crushed you? Maybe you had some dreams or plans, maybe skills that you wanted to pursue. Maybe you wanted to become a missionary or uh, pursue being a musician or just be a better painter. Or, or maybe you want to start a business or a side hustle. It doesn't matter if it was a big thing or a small thing. Does someone in your life crush your spirit? made you question your worth or the value of the thing that you were producing. Perhaps someone's words made you feel like you're not good enough. Yeah, I don't know. Your music is not that great. Your artwork could use a lot of improvement. I don't think it's good enough. The competition is way too difficult. Why even start this business? Then your relationship with that person is unstable, and then you're being crushed under it. Can I just say, if you went through that, can I just say I'm sorry that you went through that? Because I know what that's like. And that's why it's so important for us to surround ourselves with people who speak life into us and create barriers from people who use their tongue to crush our spirit. So what does the first half of verse 4 look like? What does it mean that the soothing tongue is a tree of life? This is the tongue that continues to give and not take. The word soothing means healing and tranquility. Now think about this. What is it like when you talk to someone with a healing tongue that speaks life? How do you feel when you leave that conversation with that person's home? Doesn't it energize you? Doesn't it inspire you to get through anything? Doesn't someone like that help you get through times when you're anxious or worried? It's like Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. How we use our words can build or break relationships. So how do you want to use your words? 
Do you want to help people move forward? Or do you want to hold them back? And how you answer that question will reveal what's in your heart. But Tim, you don't know me. I don't know what to say. I don't know the right words to use. I don't know how to encourage people. What do I do when my friend is depressed? I don't know what to say. But here's the thing. Sometimes it's not about what we say. It's often about what we don't say. Proverbs 12, 23 says, The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. If your heart wants what God wants, then your words will do more giving than taking. So how do we get along? We saw three ways. Reply with gentleness, not harshness. Use words that will make you look wise, not foolish, and speak words of life, not destruction. How you use your words can build or break relationships. It all depends on how you use it. This message might feel like a self-help book. I mean, we can almost remove God from it completely and still say, this is some good advice. But I could have heard this somewhere else. And that's why I skipped verse 3, because this is where I want to land. Because at the end of the day, if you ignore this message and you don't really care about how you use your words, because, hey, I have close friends, I have a family who loves me, I have a job that I want, everything is good. This message doesn't apply to you? Well, it does, because verse 3 shows us that God really does care about how we use our words. Check it out. 15.3, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. God knows every word we speak, and he knows our heart. So let's pretend for a moment that God doesn't know our heart, okay? If our words reflects what is in our heart, then technically speaking, God can judge us based on what comes out of our mouths, Right? I invite you to turn with me to Matthew 12 because Jesus says the same exact point. We read Luke already, but this is a more, um, this is a longer passage I want to point out. Jesus said this after people accused him of using evil to do good. He healed someone and they said, oh, you're evil for doing this. And he argued that that's not how evil and good works. Matthew 12, 33, I'm going to read through 37. Jesus says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted for, or uh, declared righteous, declared good. And by your words, you will be condemned or declared wicked. We will give account for every empty word or every careless and useless word we use. So this is not just about getting along with other people, although that's very important and we need healthy relationships, this is a heart issue that God is very aware of. It's not just about cleaning up our language when we become Christians because that's just, that's just muscle memory. That's just behavioral modification. The issue is how we use our words to either build or break, give or take, encourage or cause anxiety. If only 
we remembered the power in our words before we hit send. If only we remember the power in our words before opening up our mouths. If we actually allow God to change our hearts and allow him to change the words we say, then every time we open our mouths, every time we send a text message, everyone listening, everyone reading would benefit from it. Paul says this in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk or any worthless or rotten talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. How we use our words can build or break relationship, relationships. So, so what's at stake here? we ignore this, we don't really care, what's at stake? I want to mention two things. One, if you don't care about how you use your words, you might miss out on fruitful relationships. Maybe you're wondering why you feel lonely and why you can't keep good friends around. I would just encourage you to analyze the word that you use. Maybe you, you're miserable at your job and no one encourages you, and you don't get noticed, I would encourage you, how do you use your words? Analyze it. Are you using it to benefit others or just yourself? See, thinking through this, thinking through our words matters, and it can even help the tension in our marriage or, or the awkwardness with our kids. The second thing that's at stake is the gospel. Because if our words are harsh, foolish, and destructive, what will happen when we start talking to this person about Jesus? They're not going to listen. So often our words are getting in the way of the gospel. Our words can get in the way of what God is trying to do. And just a side note, I know I've been spending these 25 minutes talking about how important words are and what we should say and not say, but it's just as important to choose what you listen to. Last week we learned that Satan has a lot to say and it's all lies. But God also has a lot to say and it's all truth. So my question is, what are you paying attention to? What voice are you listening to? If you're listening to words that bring on guilt and shame and condemnation in your life, then you need to unplug from whatever or whoever that is. But if you're listening to words that bring life and inspiration and healing, then lean in and enjoy the fruit of that. Well, how do I apply that? Well, applying this can be as simple as get off Facebook. Block a contact. Create a barrier with a certain individual. And ask God to make you more sensitive to his voice so other voices won't really matter anymore. How we use our words can build or break relationships. So how will you use them? I think it depends on what's in our heart currently. If there's anger in there, it will show up in our words. If there's little to no self-worth in there, it'll show up in our social media posts. If there's brokenness in your heart, the way you reply will reveal that. So church, let's listen to Jesus and pay close attention to what's really happening when we lash out, when we speak in hate, when we use our words to break relationships.
Because you know what's easy? It's easy to use our words to break a relationship when we disagree with someone. But God's will is for us to use our words to build relationships even with those who disagree with us. So I want to take a minute to just pause for a little bit and ask God to reveal to us how our words have been broken. Because if we're honest, we can say that we don't really know. Sometimes we are unaware of the ways our words are damaging other people. And so we're going to take a few seconds to, to ask God to, to reveal that to us. And then we're going to close out that prayer by asking God to forgive us and to change us. Won't you close your eyes and we'll pray together. Lord, we thank you that your word brings us life and truth. We are grateful that we have access to your truth at any time. Your word has the power to save, heal, and restore. But right now in this moment, as a church, we confess that the words we use don't always reflect how you speak to us. So right now, God, could you reveal to us the ways our words are breaking relationships, the people around us, the ways we fall short and the words we say? Could you reveal to us the brokenness in our hearts? Lord, forgive us for using our words as a weapon to destroy. Forgive us for using our words to benefit ourselves at the expense of others. Please transform our hearts so they can be like your heart. We want to reply with gentleness and be wise with our words and speak words of life. We know this is only possible through your Holy Spirit, so we ask that your spirit would begin the process of changing our hearts and in turn changing our words for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.